Hey guys, welcome back to That Florida Feeling. Hope you guys have had a great week. I'm going to go ahead and apologize. I still sound pretty rough. COVID is no joke. So just bear with me through this episode. I'm not going to sound the best, but we're going to give it a go. And hopefully I don't have a huge coughing fit in the middle of it. Or at least that's my goal. Thanks to everybody who checked on me the last week. The last week was pretty hard for me. Um, My mother passed away and it was unexpected. And so it was just a little bit hard. So thank you for bearing with me through the non-updates and participating in the questions, even if I'm sorry if I've asked those questions before. You guys have all been really kind to check on me and I appreciate your support. So thank you. I hope you guys enjoyed uh, rehearing the most popular episode of 2021, which is funny because as I picked it and selected it, uh, moving to Florida actually became the number one episode of 2021. So apologize. Um, but I guess moving to Florida is one of you guys' favorites. Def- definitely gives you an inside look on what to think about when you do move to Florida, if you're considering that. So that's always a good thing. It's a good resource to have. So this week I am going to do something kind of fun. It's going to be a shorter episode because I'm not feeling hundred percent. Um, we're going to talk about something that Florida is pretty well known for. And that's going to be the amazing year-round festivals that take place here in the Sunshine State. I know that some yearly events that usually happen are like Bike Week and then Daytona 500. But there's actually a lot more yearly events that take place in Florida that are more fun, family-centered, uh, just really good times. And there's a lot of them that Florida are actually proud of. Uh, they do center around things like our fruit, uh, history, culture, seafood, pirates, So, I just thought it would be fun to give you guys an idea of the festivals in Florida. And if you're coming to Florida in that time, it'd be something fun to check out. And the first one I want to talk to you about is one that's coming up soon. It's actually tomorrow. And I've mentioned it in other episodes, but I'm really going to talk about just the festival this time. And I'm talking about Gasparilla. And it's a pirate festival. And it takes place in Tampa. And it takes place at the end of... Uh, January every year and that means that it's tomorrow the kids parade happened last week and the main adult themed fun drunk pirate parade happens tomorrow side note it's supposed to be really cold in Florida tomorrow so that's not gonna be fun but back to Gasparilla Gasparilla is a large parade that centers around the invasion of Tampa by the famed pirate Jose Gaspar Side note, if you want to know about Jose Gaspar, check out my Pirates episode or Florida Facts and Myths. I talk about him in both of those. Now, the festival started in 1904 as an informal parade that actually was part of Tampa's May Day. But it pretty much just grew into its own thing. And it is definitely its own thing. And the main point of Gasparilla is the Parade of Pirates. And as I said, it's held on the last Saturday in January. And it is known as the Gasparilla Parade. Now, the day of the parade, the Ye Mystic crew of Gasparilla and flotilla of hundreds of boats sail across Tampa Bay to downtown Tampa, with the Jose Gasparilla leading the charge. And the Jose Gasparilla is a 165-long flat-bottom pirate ship built solely for the purpose of invading Tampa. And this boat was built in 1954. Now, the ship sails to the convention center. And it sounds its arrival with cannon fire, and the captain and the crew disembark and demand that the mayor hand over the key to the city. And, of course, the Siege of Tampa happens differently every year, depending on if the mayor wants to surrender or not. This year, Mayor Jane Cas- 
uh, caster did not surrender. This was the other day. She did not surrender. Um, so the pirate parade will now be them attempting to get the key from her. Most years, if the mayor surrenders, then it's the victory parade and it's down Bayshore Boulevard. And the parade ends at the Curtis Hickson Waterfront Park. And then there's a celebration to continue. And that's usually music and food and fun family activities. Now, the crew throws out beads and coins and tokens to the crowd that have gathered to see the parade. And this is a really fun event. This is a major event in Tampa. The parade usually has about 90 floats. Of course, most of them are pirate-themed as they march down Bayshore Boulevard. And... Fun fact, though, the beads are a new thing. The beads actually only started in the 1990s. Um, before the 1990s, the pirates would fire blanks and sound air cannons into the crowd and throw shells. I think I would rather catch beads than shells, y'all, but that's just me. So the crews from the pirate boats or floats and the area high schools and university drill teams, marching bands, majorettes, Everybody participates in this parade. This is like the main thing in Tampa. Um, of course, I'm actually recording this while the news is on in the background at my house. And the... Um, oh, they're showing the flotilla. Oh, God, it was huge this year. I just now saw it. So, yep, the pirates definitely invaded. That's amazing. And this year it's supposed to be cold and windy. So, um, if you are going out to Gasparilla, bundle up, guys. <laughs> Uh, Florida is going to be cold, and most of us are not prepared for this. Back to the parade, though. The local business organizations also participate in the parade. Everybody really likes having um, a float in it, not only because it's good for, you know, the businesses and the schools and stuff, but it's also something fun, and it gets you out into the crowd, into the public. And, of course, the parade is fun, and you can't leave the kids out. The kids had their own parade last Saturday prior to the main parade, and the kids' one is a more of a family-friendly, fun one. But this one... Tomorrow is is definitely for the pirates at heart. Um, I know that it's usually an interesting news event that day. A lot of times people tend to celebrate a little too much. So if you are going down there, guys, celebrate in moderation. Um, but this is definitely something fun that Tampa really gets behind, and it's been going for a long time. And there's actually a really cool... Santiago Illuminated Night Parade, which is the Gasparilla Night Parade, which is the floats, but they light up. They're decked out in the lights, and they travel through Ybor City. This usually takes place two weeks after the parade, so in a couple weeks, probably around... Ooh, that would be like Super Bowl Valentine's Day. Hmm. I don't know if they're going to do that this year, but if they do, it's actually something really cool to see. Um, it just kind of gives more fun, and it definitely gives Ybor City its own moment. So Gasparilla does really encompass the entire city of Tampa. And <clears throat> it's not just a parade anymore. It's a whole season. Because now Gasparilla celebrated from mid-January to mid-March. And of course, the three parades are just part of what the city hosts to include Gasparilla. And now there's a Gasparilla Film Festival, an Arts Festival, and a Music Festival. And so really, if you come to Tampa anytime from January to March... You really do get to enjoy the pirate-themed and the fun and the music and the arts. And so it's just another cool way that Tampa has embraced tradition um, and really kind of made this its own thing. So if you're heading out tomorrow is the main parade, definitely bundle up. They're telling us it's going to be cold, and I'm not ready for this. <laughs> so the next festival I want to talk about is one that's been going on for 
69, 70-ish years. I'm not good at math, so we're going to say 69 to 70. And this one actually takes place in a Florida State Park. So that's something really cool. It not only showcases uh, the Florida folk scene, so this is the Florida Folk Festival, but it also takes place in the State Park and shows off the wonderful Florida State Parks. And the Florida Folk Festival is a three-day celebration that celebrates music, dance, stories, crafts, and food, all dedicated to what makes Florida unique. And you can find anything and everything in this folk uh, festival. It's really cool. You can find Irish fiddle tunes, techno contra dancing, and chocolate-covered key lime pie, just to name a few things. The festival really does focus on a wide variety of things that you can find in Florida that were brought by the immigrants and the people who live in the Sunshine State and made it what it is today. So this really does celebrate the history of Florida. And the goal of the festival is really to reflect the lives of generations of Florida families and the communities. So if you're into history or folk, this is definitely one to check out. It's really cool. Um, it's actually held through the Memorial Day weekend, and it usually features over 300-plus performances that give voice and meaning to Florida's heritage. The festival researches a special topic each year that shows off some part of Florida's traditional heritage. So they usually pick something, and then that's what they go with for the theme that year. And I think that's really cool. Instead of just focusing on one thing every year, they kind of give um, – Kind of things that you would never have thought about to get to research and to enjoy the fun. Now, the festival gives people the chance to sit with people who keep these traditions and talents alive. So you really do get to see people doing it. Um, you can see jam sessions, demonstrations, workshops, and you can even try your hand at things like playing the mandolin, telling a folk story, <clears throat> excuse me, guys, calling a square dance, or even learning family history. They have uh, people who teach you about the importance of native plants and animals in Florida. And you can even make a basket from pine needles. So they really do kind of give you the opportunity to learn about all different parts of Florida's heritage. And of course, the festival allows you to try foods from all over Florida that have become important to Florida. Um, collard greens, cornbread, Hoppin' John, barbecue, even curries, Cubans, and some amazing root beer floats. So the festival takes place along the Suwannee River, which is also really important to Florida's history, at the Stephen foster folk culture center state park and the festival will be held this year um 2022 from may 27th to 29th and the center is located in white springs florida which is up north in the panhandle and the park itself is a beautiful park it's got carillion bells hiking bike trails campgrounds and horseback riding i've actually mentioned this park before in the florida state parks episode as well as in the swanee river episode if you want to check it out the uh stephen foster uh, Folk Culture Center State Park is really an interesting state park because not only does it give you the beauty of Florida on the banks of the Suwannee River, but it really does keep the history of Florida alive in this state park. And the festival is just one thing that Florida does to help this park stand out year after year, as well as keeping the traditions and uh, things that created Florida to make Florida what it is today alive. And so that's really important to the, to the history of the state. <laughs> So, how Florida does it sound if you have a festival centered around fruit? I mean, that's pretty Florida, right? Because Florida's known for its fruit. But not its main fruit, not oranges. This is the Florida Strawberry Festival in Plant City. Um, this is a super popular, well-known festival that happens year after year. And in fact, it's one of the top festivals. Um, it takes place in Plant City, which is outside of Tampa towards Orlando on I-4. And the Strawberry Festival happens each year in March, and it's huge. It's so much fun. People from all over come to this festival. 
And it allows people to try, try the strawberries grown right here in Florida, mainly in Plant City. And new ways to try strawberries, so stuff that you might not have thought about. And of course, there's family fun and events and rides and music and games. And so the Florida, the Strawberry Festival is really just a really fun week in March that you just get to go and just have fun. I, I dare say it's better than the state fair, almost. Um, the festival actually began in the 1930s after the Lions Club wanted to plant, to plan, not plant, plan a festival in honor of King Strawberry. Yes, his name is King Strawberry, the champion of the area's agricultural products. Side note, I didn't know there was a King Strawberry until I researched this part. Um, the festival has continued since then, and it lasts 11 days. So, week and a half. Um, the festival usually draws about a half a million guests from all over, and it's usually ranked as one of the top 40 fairs in North America. Now, remember, this is the Strawberry Festival, not the State Fair. So, it's kind of cool that it has grown big enough to be considered that. And the festival is a venue for flea, flea market-style crafts, items, vendors, entertainment. There's a large midway. And the draw is usually, there's twice a day, there's big-name concerts. I mean, it depends on what you consider big-name, but you've probably heard of these people. And, of course, the festival is mainly centered around everything strawberry. Uh, you can find food, gifts, contests, rides, and you can even meet Mr. and Miss Barry. Yes, meet the berries themselves. Side note, every time they do a festival, um, they have contest, and usually they do a photo contest, and if you enter a photo of a strawberry, you can win something. Well, we did this one year, and we won a strawberry beanie. So I have a strawberry hat that I will wear when it gets colder, um, thanks to the Strawberry Festival. Um, the strawberries themselves, of course, are the main draw for this festival. Um, and, of course, food. Food is the main thing because it's strawberries. And the foods include fresh strawberries, strawberry shortcake, milkshakes, chocolate-dipped strawberries. Mm, that sounds good. Jams. Even a hamburger complete with strawberry mayo and relish sitting between two strawberry donuts. I, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> um, strawberry pie. Cheesecake, pizza, brisket, strawberry tacos, and everything in between. By the way, I feel like I was just the Forrest Gump scene where shrimp, fried shrimp, shrimp gumbo. That's what I feel like. <laughs> Sorry. Um, the festival is so much fun for the whole family. It's got great foods, rides, games, and of course memories that you can, you can create there every year in Central Florida. The festival, like I said, runs 11 days and allows you to enjoy free entertainment. Uh, some of the headlines include, like, Beach Boys, Nelly, and Boys to Men. Those are some of the ones, I think, this year. And if so, if you're looking for something fun to do for the whole family and you're tired of the theme parks or Disney World or the beaches, it happens, uh, definitely check out the Strawberry Festival. Maybe somebody's spring break falls in that time, and that's another fun thing you can check out here in Florida. So the next festival I want to talk to you about is just as interesting as it sounds. It is the Interstate Mullet Toss and Gulf Coast Greatest Beach Party. Now, no, these are people not tossing wigs. They're tossing the actual mullet fish. And the toss and the party take place April 22nd through the 24th at the Florida Bama Lounge in Perdido Key at the state line of Florida and Alabama. Now, 
If you've heard of the Florida Bama Lounge, you know it's a pretty interesting place. Um, The lounge was actually built in 1964, and it was originally literally the only thing in the area. Um, And if you've ever traveled 98 across the Panhandle, you've come to the Florida Bama Lounge, and, (coughs) excuse me, it's, it's, that's it. I mean, there's a couple things around it now, but there's not a lot in that area. Um, So as traffic began to grow along 98, the legend of the lounge grew. And I've seen this lounge in person, and it is definitely something to check out. Now, the mullet toss actually became a thing in 1986, so it's about 35 years now, and they still do it to this day. And the beach bar has kind of grown into its own thing in the area. Um, They even have a church. It's, like I said, you've got to check it out. Uh, It's someplace that you want to go at least once if you're in the area, and Perdido Key is beautiful. Um, So it's not like it's sitting on some you know, crappy beachfront property. No, that is a beautiful area to definitely check out. (laughs) Now, the Honky Tonk holds its yearly toss and party, and the main event is tossing a dead mullet over the state line of Florida into Alabama. And, of course, you win if you toss the fish the furthest. And the toss happens every day, Friday through Sunday, from 10 to 4, and they even let the kids, the owners, and celebrities give it a go. You're charged $15 to toss it, and you even get a free t-shirt. The cool thing about this toss is they donate to the local charities when they throw this event. So the $15 does get donated to charities, so it's really cool to help out the local area. And even when the mullets are done, they're they're, they're donated to the Alligator Alley in Summerdale. After they're tossed into Alabama, they collect all the fish, and then they donate it to the um, Alligator Alley, which is kind of cool. Then there's really no waste. Uh... But to do the toss, you throw a mullet from a 10-foot circle in Florida into Alabama. You can't go out of bounds, so there's like a lane you have to throw it down. And this is really a thing that a lot of people come and do. Um, The whole festival actually just sounds really fun and interesting. And probably not something a lot of other states would even thought of having. Um, Florida Bama is a fun place to check out if you're in the area and definitely a place to check out if you're in the panhandle. Like I said, it's a beautiful area. It's definitely something different home to Florida. Um, but this is not the only festival that, that Florida Bama has. They also have a three-day event in September called Bulls on the Beach, which is a rodeo. And that's the festival they've been doing for about eight years. And that allows um, cowboys and cowgirls to show off their riding skills in a rodeo. So if you're looking for something to do in April, check out the mullet toss. And if you're looking for something to do in f- September, go check out the rodeo. Um, Florida Bama has a lot of really cool events throughout the year. Um, even if you don't go to an event, just go and check it out. It's a really interesting honky-tonk um, that's proud to call Florida its home. Um, the last festival I want to talk to you about is one that I feel that I would enjoy, so I wanted to include it. It's the Wellington Bacon and Bourbon Festival. Two very good things. Um, the festival takes place in Wellington, which is South Florida, uh, on March 26th and 27th. So it's only two days, and it showcases both bacon and bourbon and the festival's taken place for the last eight years in the village of wellington promenade or promenade however you want to say it and the event is free so that's kind of cool there's no uh fee to get in and it showcases over 30 different kinds of bourbon and of course bacon the best part now the event features artists crafters and of course chefs that use bourbon and bacon infused foods to create the straw um I saw some of the crafts that people have made. It's really cool. You can get little t-shirts, uh, towels, even pet things that 
promote bacon and bourbon. And the goal of the festival is to create new and flavorful foods involving both of those items. And you can find many different bacon-inspired foods from cakes to pot pies, parfaits, ice cream, conch fritters, macaroni and cheese, and many other festival-inspired foods. And it may be the only time you can check them out because it is the festival. And, of course, bourbon is definitely on the showcase. And you can try many different kinds of bourbon and bourbon-inspired foods such as bourbon ice cream and even wings, um, which I thought sounded really good. And you can even purchase the uh, bacon and bourbon gifts and crafts. So that's definitely something to check out if you're a bourbon connoisseur. They do have over 30 different kinds to try and sample. Uh, which I thought was really cool. I I guess I did not realize how many different types of bourbon uh, there really were. And by the way, bourbon and whiskey are not the same thing. I feel the need to say that. Um, so the festival is free to enter unless you enjoy uh, new and different takes on both uh, of these foods in food and alcohol. Uh, so if you're into bacon and or bourbon, then this is definitely a festival you'll want to check out in South Florida. It's only two days. But it seems like something fun and different to do for just an interesting weekend. Now, Florida has many, many more festivals. These are by far not only the most. I had to narrow it down to the, the three that I thought sounded the best. Um, literally every town in Florida has some kind of fun festival. Just last weekend, John's Pass had a seafood festival um, in Madeira Beach, and it was amazing. It was very, very cool. Um, if you saw my live video on Instagram, I was there on Friday before I had to leave for family stuff. And it was so cool to see the different kinds of vendors and hear the live music. And there was even a skunk rescue with a skunk running around. That was kind of cool. Um, of course, the alligator place had the alligators and the lemurs and the uh, snake on display, which was kind of creepy. But okay, not my thing. People like snakes, just not me. Um, so... If you're in Florida, definitely check out the festivals in the nearby towns. Um, I remember living in Fort Walton. There was Billy Bowlegs, a pirate festival, which was kind of cool. So if you're in Florida and you want to do something interesting or fun, maybe check out and see what festivals are in the area. Uh, see some local artists, try some new foods, buy some new crafts, things like that. Uh, but maybe I found one that sounds interesting to you. Um, and of course, if you're at the festival, please do take care. Wear your sunscreen, drink plenty of water. Um, you'll find plenty of fun arts and crafts and gifts and foods, but you will also probably find Florida man or Florida woman at these festivals. So be on the lookout. Um, today's Florida woman, not man, woman, Florida woman comes to us from Miami. This woman stole four Rolex watches valued at over $108,000. How did she decide to hide them? In her vajayjay. That's right. She hid them in her vagina. Y'all, I don't know that I've ever wanted anything that bad. Ever. But it's kind of weird how they were discovered. They were actually finally discovered during a jailhouse strip search. They found them hiding in her vagina, all thanks to her passing through a metal detector. And there you have it. Um, and the reason she went to jail in the first place was because she was caught with another stolen Rolex. Um... So, yeah, I guess this woman just went for it. Uh, she was, of course, charged with resisting arrest, battery, grand theft, and possession of cocaine. Kind of explains a lot. But, to add insult to injury, she also peed in the floor of her holding cell and got a criminal mischief charge. So, she really did go for it. Um, 
just to let you know about in about how this woman looked, she had the word whore tattooed on her arm and was charged with prostitution at some point in her adult life. So, y'all, it's not really Florida, man. You gotta watch out for it. It's pretty much all Floridians. Um, you never know. All right, guys. Thank you for listening today. I appreciate it. Don't forget to check out the Instagram and Facebook uh, pages. Invite your friends. Um, shout out to Paul, who sent me a really lovely email with some really good suggestions, and I'm going to be working on those. So thank you so much for taking the time to reach out to me. I really appreciated it. Um, side note, fun thing, I got interviewed for uh, about the podcast in the Voyage Tampa magazine. I was really super happy about that. It's been something that's going on for about a month, so I was happy to say that it's now been published. You can check it out. I posted links on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. I'm super excited to get the podcast out there and share this with everybody. And as always, thank you guys for the five-star reviews on Apple and Spotify. Uh, If you haven't done it yet, I would really appreciate it. It helps really get the podcast out there for other people. Thank you for supporting the podcast. Uh, we have almost a thousand downloads, you guys. I that is amazing. When I when I started this in June, July, I didn't think we'd ever get to this point in under a year, and here we are. So thank you so much for supporting the podcast. I I genuinely appreciate it. Uh, don't forget to use the hashtag that Florida feeling so I can see where you are in Florida. You can use it on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Um, I would love to see where you guys are so I can give you a shout out. Um, I still do the Tuesday questions on Facebook and Instagram, so definitely check those out to participate. Usually get some fun ideas from you guys. Um, So thank you so much. Uh, Wherever you are, if it's cold or warm, just remember to stay bundled up or wear sunscreen, drink plenty of water. Thank you guys for understanding that this has been a hard time for me right now and for still supporting the podcast through it. So just be careful out there, guys. And as always, that's your daily dose of sunshine.